Hello, I'm Stephanie Lee. For information about how to protect yourself or someone you love from COVID-19 or what to do if you or someone that you love is sick, please visit the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention at cdc.gov. For mental health resources, please visit the National Alliance on Mental Illness at NAMI, N-A-M-I dot org, or call the NAMI helpline at 800-950-6264. If you're in the middle of a mental health crisis, you can text NAMI, N-A-M-I, to 741-741 for 24-7 confidential free crisis counseling. Please do your part to keep yourself and your loved ones as safe and healthy as possible, physically, mentally, and emotionally. We're all in this together. During this pandemic, I took a break from this podcast in March and April, but the show is back. Usually I've interviewed my guests in person, but I did this interview on a Zoom call. Welcome to the 10th episode of Gabin with Mavens. It's always been a dream of mine to have a talk show, a weekly forum where I can interview a maven of his or her field about themselves and their area of expertise so that listeners can hopefully learn a little something along the way. If you haven't already, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Steph N. Lieb for a fun behind the scenes look at this podcast and my life. If you or someone that you know would make a good guest maven, please contact me. Also, be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review Gabin with Mavens wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am so excited for you to hear from this week's guest maven, Shandy Chernow, an expert on food allergies. She'll be on with us in just a minute. Many people suffer from food allergies. Eating out when you did not make the food yourself can be difficult and even dangerous for these individuals. I am so thrilled to introduce you to this week's guest on Gabin with Mavens, Shandy Chernow, CEO and founder of Certistar, a software company on a mission to make the dining out experiences for those with food allergies safer and easier. So thank you so much for coming on the show. First, can you just share a little bit about yourself, your, your childhood, your background, um, and kind of lead us up to the idea to start this company and, and where that came from? Sure. So thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here with you. I am um, very excited to be able to you know, share my story and sort of stars with you. So thank you. Uh, a little bit about me. I grew up in the Washington, D.C. area. I went to Vanderbilt University, was never allergic to any foods at any of those times. My degree is in computer science and math which you would think is a little bit offbeat for a uh, you know, food, food allergy company. Uh, but turns out food allergies are really just a big data problem when you look at it with restaurants. What led me up to creating Certistar, I was selling software, I was creating software for a couple of different companies, and I became allergic to pork. I developed my pork allergy when I was 28. So I had never been allergic to anything to my knowledge up until that point. So I know exactly what I'm missing. I, I know how delightful bacon is and all that stuff. But one day I woke up at, again, I was 28 years old. I had this huge fat lip. I can't even describe it to you how large it was. And I took a picture of it and I sent it to my dad, who's a physician. He's a retired physician now. And uh, he said, okay, he called me immediately. He said, step one, delete that picture. No one ever needs to see that ever again. It's terrible. <laughs> And step two, go see an allergist. You're having a food allergic reaction. And I went, what? 
are you kidding me? When I was, you know, in my late twenties is the first time my food allergy showed up. There's actually 15% of people who are food allergic uh, have their first reaction in adulthood. So people think about food allergies as being a childhood issue, but it really isn't. Yeah, so that happened then. And then I continued to work in software and sell software. And I was taking customers out all the time and, you know, going out to dinner and going out to drinks. And I would find myself really bending over backwards to put myself in a safe position and yet take that burden and hide it from my prospective customers. I would show up at restaurants, you know, eons early and have the conversation with the that's the conversation, capital T, capital C, with the maitre d' or with the server, with the chef, and then say, okay, now we never had this conversation, but now we know I'm, I'm going to order, and I'm going to pretend like we didn't have this conversation. Having them help me figure out what it is that I can order that's safe, but I don't want to have to do that, you know, 10 minutes or whatever with my customer. That's absolutely it takes up time, and it's uncomfortable, and it's like too personal for a business conversation, right? <laughs> that's true. I've been a part of many of those conversations with family members and friends. It's uncomfortable even to witness. So. Right. And nobody wants to do it, right? The restaurant doesn't want to do it. The person who has the allergy doesn't want to do it. And so one day it struck me, there's got to be an easier way, right? And that's what really led to the genesis of Star is that taking that stigmatized, uncomfortable, too long, too stressful conversation about figuring out what someone can have and eliminating it. What went into, you know, do you, did you start off right off the bat with a team? Did you start this yourself? So it's been two and a half years and I, I started it by myself. And, um, you know, one of my first phone calls was a girlfriend of mine who has a, a son who has nut allergies. And so she's been with me since very close to the beginning. She's amazing. That's uh, so and the helpful. team has grown, you know, organically since. If people think they might have an allergy like you, what do they do? What are, you know, what are the first steps? What were the steps, you know, that you took? Sure. So it's, it's a really interesting process. There is really no test uh, for an anaphylactic food allergy. The gold standard of testing is what they call an oral food challenge, OFC. So you go into an, into an allergist's office or into the emergency room or in the hospital, wherever the allergist wants to have that done. And they literally test you by feeding you small amounts of the food that you think you're allergic to or that you think that you're not allergic to anymore in the case of growing out of it. And so then they want, you know, wait and see what happens. You eat the food, do you have a reaction? Now, that's not necessarily an ideal situation to be able to test for a whole bunch of different foods. So everybody knows, you know, the scratch testing on your arm or on your back or the blood work testing. Those are good starting places if you can't figure out what you're allergic to. If you don't know uh, what caused your reaction, let's say you ate a big salad and there were 50 things in it and then you had a reaction and you're not sure what it was, it's a good place to try to figure out you know, what are the top likely culprits for the reaction. But it's not a conclusive test. 60% false positives and probably likely the same number of um, or close in false negative. So both the blood work and the skin testing are unreliable uh, and can cause you to avoid more foods than you necessarily need to avoid. Ideally, you're not avoiding anything that you haven't actually had a reaction to. Sure. And even some of those newer, you know, I see advertisements for, yeah. I think that you, you essentially do the same thing with DNA tests, right? Where you spit into a tube and send it in. Those are not accurate either. We were talking before, right? Great starting places. Uh, but, you know, I test positive for over 30 foods. 
and it changes. So there's a lot of what they call cross-reactivity. Depending on the pollen season that we're in, I'll test positive for different things. You know, there may be things that you show up uh, on your test that you're not actually reacting to that, right? You're reacting to already being sensitive to it from the season. What you really do want to do, here's my golden advice, find an allergist who specializes in food allergies, not an allergist. Okay who specializes in environmental allergies because the two are Makes very, sense. very different. Makes sense. I think everyone would agree that, um, you know, the, the testing isn't a perfect situation, but there's not really a great alternative right. to go with. It's really about just avoiding the foods that have caused a reaction for you and avoiding them completely. There's no like, oh, I can have a little bit. No, 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 no. There's no oh, well, my last reaction wasn't that bad. So if I, you know, if I get a little bit of it, it'll be okay. No. Right. Complete and total avoidance is your absolute best way to not have another reaction. And people will say, um, you know, oh, well, I just get an upset stomach. And I always stop them and say, no, you, you get an upset stomach last time, but that's not predictive for what happens maybe the next time, right? So any kind of food allergic reaction, you should be carrying epinephrine all the time, everywhere you go. You should completely avoid whatever it is that caused that reaction and don't rely on whatever the last reaction was to be the same next time. It could potentially be worse. It could potentially be life-threatening, even though it wasn't last time. And it's just not worth the risk. That was one of my first questions too. So the different types of symptoms. People think about it like in Hitch, right? Where he gets yeah. all face blown up and lips that's blown up. That's what I thought of when you were talking about your lips. But. And that's exactly what I looked like. It was delightful. <laughs> But there's such a scale. Um, but yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, so there's a lot of different uh, systems that can start to fail during anaphylaxis. Again, not a doctor, but this is you know common knowledge. So any major life-threatening system, so you have cardiac or respiratory or you know your throat's closing up or whatever, EpiPen. Right. Anaphylaxis can also look like two minor systems. So if you're having hives and a runny nose or vomiting and watery eyes, any two you know, non-life-threatening systems, that is considered to be the beginnings of anaphylaxis as well. Anaphylaxis can include stomach issues. IBS would be you know, considered under a different umbrella, I think. But true, true. Um, nonetheless, we don't want to get anybody sick no matter what that looks like, right? Right. Well, obviously, you know, during this pandemic with the restaurants that you typically work with and schools you typically work with, you know, they're, they're closed or operating differently, um, looking at how they're going to operate differently in the future, you know, how has that changed the way that you look for your company to operate moving forward? Oh, for sure. You know, everything is kind of upside down right now, right? With all the restaurants doing largely takeout, mm -hmm. uh, it's exceptionally difficult, even more so than before for food allergy people to really even be able to partake in that because a lot of the online ordering systems don't have an option for, you know, put in your allergies or your special requests. If they have our stuff, uh, it'll be in their website, like embedded in their website. So people can go and figure out what they can have, which is cool. But also, you know, menus have changed. And like I mentioned, that conversation can take quite some time. And when you're doing it over the phone and you've got kind of a single line that's available for the restaurant, they don't want to be taking up that time. And again, you feel that pressure, that stigma of that conversation. So I think that, that the restaurant industry is not only down in terms of business, you know, because of the takeout only situation, but there's also, you know, 10.4% of the population is considered food allergic. 
I think a very low percentage of them right now are partaking in, in takeout because of these issues. It makes sense. It's so much riskier. So obviously when these restaurants, schools, you know, different, di- different places that you work with as clients, when they are able to fully reopen, is there anything new that you've come up with that you would recommend for them to do so they're safer and serving their guests safer? When the restaurants open, it looks like they're going to be, we're calling it, you know, table distancing, right? So the tables have to be further apart or separated or whatever, which means that the restaurant can't seat as many people in any given service, have to make it as efficient as possible, right? And these longer conversations that you have to have with food allergy guests in order to keep them as safe as you can, um, we can make that significantly more efficient, right? So you don't want to add eight or 10 or 12 minutes onto how long that, that table is going to be seated there, right? Uh, if they're using Certistar, that goes in, you know, 30 seconds or a minute. It's much, much, much faster. And so folks that use your software, what does it look like from the user end? And what does it look like from the client end? What it looks like from the diner end, <laughs> uh, you put in whatever your allergies or restrictions are. So uh, we've got the top eight, which is peanuts, tree nuts, shellfish, fish, uh, egg, soy, wheat, and dairy. Uh, as well as gluten, vegan, and vegetarian as like checkboxes so that you don't, they're just so common that um, you don't have to type them in. And then you can add in anything else. Like I mentioned, I'm allergic to pork. So you can put in whatever other allergies you have and whatever your combination looks like. So I'm peanuts, tree nuts, shellfish, and pork. Uh, You then hit search and we give you back the menu of the restaurant stoplight style. So green is allergen friendly. You can have anything on there, right? Yellow is allergen friendly with modifications. So um, you can have the hamburger, but without the button or whatever the case may be. And then uh, red is, you know, unsafe. There's nothing that we can do to fix that. I'm never going to be able to have the pork chops, right? We're totally device independent. So you can put it in your website and you can bring an iPad over to the table. You can have an individualized printout for that particular guest if you'd like. You can have it just in the back of house so that, you know, the guest never even sees the software, but rather it's always through the interaction with the server. Talk me through kind of your range of, of on the client end. So schools, restaurants, mm-hmm. any restrictions there of like who, who can use the software effectively? I mean, no, I mean, if you've got a menu and you're creating dishes and ordering ingredients and serving people, you're a potential customer of Certistar. Got it. You know, what are some examples here in Arizona? Yeah, um, all the Chompies, if you're familiar with them. Um, so they've got a, a few locations throughout the valley. Uh, what's Kraken Cafe out in Mesa, Oscars Pier 83 in Glendale, the Haymakers. And where can people go to find out that full list? So they can go onto our website. Uh, on the bottom of pretty much any page, it lists all of our partners. So at certistar.com, C-E-R-T-I-S-T-A-R.com or same handle on any social media. Because I would assume the folks, you know, let's say in Phoenix here that have uh, food allergy XYZ are going to want to know, you know, who already has that in place <laughs> and then before they go. But Chompies, love Chompies. That makes total mm-hmm. sense. And they have a huge menu, right? So it's been really have a, It's like a book, but uh, God <laughs> love Chompies. I, I say everything is like family style there, but. Um, it's so good. Um, and then what are some examples in case, you know, chains or national, national places that you work with right now? Uh, yeah, there's, so there's not any national chains in terms of restaurants that we're allowed to talk about yet. You can check on our website. 
information to come. <laughs> okay, got it, got it, got it. And then can you share maybe a fun story or two about someone that had struggled for years and then came across a restaurant that offered your software and, you know, what their feedback yeah. was? Actually, there's a great story from Chompy's. They had hosted a birthday party and, you know, there was a mother as a part of the group who had a child who had several allergies and she really had struggled to take him out to eat anywhere and was very, very nervous about attending this party at Chompy's and she'd called and when she called, the manager walked her through all the options on the menu for him using Certistar. And what they told me is that she just started crying. She was so, I'm going to start to cry. She was so happy that, you know, there was an option where she could feel comfortable where her son was safe. Of course. Um, and, you know, there was more than one thing that he could have and it wasn't, you know, carrot sticks. And she really felt like they cared so much uh, about keeping him safe. Oh, that's so amazing. And I, I remember stories like that in school, you know, when I was growing up. So same kind of thing where, you know, you had the couple kids in your grade that had XYZ allergies and they always felt like they were at risk to participate in class snacks and class meals, you know, on site or off site field trips. So gosh, Valentine's day, all the things. All the things, all the, all the class parties, all the things. <laughs> People really <laughs> don't realize when you have a food allergy, it's literally every time you put something into your mouth to eat. Like it's right. just constant. It is every single day, every right. single meal, every single snack. And it's heavy, you know? Absolutely. No, it's a huge challenge. And you know, from experience and well, what, um, I guess makes you guys unique. I, I, I have never heard of anything like this, but. Yeah, you'll see on some people's websites um, about, you know, just top eight. What makes us unique is that you can literally put in any food and any combination of foods and also that we do the modifications. So um, there isn't any other software out there where you can say I'm allergic to blueberries and pork and strawberries and tomatoes and onions or, you know, whatever combination of things that you want. And also that we do you know, you can uh, have this, but it needs to be cooked in clean equipment, or you can have this, but it needs to remove the following components or in some combination. So those two things really make us very, very unique and make the entire menu accessible, you know, both for the restaurant and for the guest. And I don't remember if we talked about this already, but obviously there's a range from, you know, preference, food preference, all the way to full-blown allergy and a combination, right? Yeah, of course, you know, you don't want to say you have an allergy to something if you only just don't like it. Let the restaurant know that you don't like it and ask them to leave it off. Through all this, you've learned probably enough to, to write a book about food allergies in general. I mean, you've shared a little bit with us already, but, you know, I know a lot of people out there either if they, if, whether they have it or not, there's so many misconceptions of even like how many food allergies are there? What, what are they? What are the symptoms? So we talked a little bit about it, but yeah. what are some really key, key facts that you want to share? Yeah. So I listed off the top eight earlier, but there's 170 different foods that have been known to cause food allergic reactions. Wow. Yeah. A little crazy. We've created a t-shirt actually about this particular topic because when you tell somebody what you're allergic to, they tend to just the way the brains work, they really focus in on what you can't have. So if you think of 170 different types of food and probably more, mm -hmm. there's a lot that you can have, even if you eliminate those. So we have this t-shirt that has, you know, list of 
something close to 170 foods. It's so that you can check off the things that you can eat. And it says, focus on what I can have. It's frustrating when, when people are so focused on the things that you cannot have. And in reality, you know, even with my four really kind of pain in the neck allergies, right. there's a ton of food that I can have and a lot of creations that, you know, restaurants can feed me and a lot of stuff on a lot of menus. It's just difficult to, um, you know, to shift the way that people focus. And so that's really where the software comes in. We give you every single option that you could possibly have on the menu. Um, so that you can um, not feel frustrated, not feel yeah. like you can't eat anything, ever eat out, all of those exactly. frustrations that come with it. Um, yeah, those long conversations that we were talking about tend to end in like one or two or three options that the person can choose from, right? Mm -hmm. well, what if that's not what that person wanted? Right. Right. And so it makes it for a, a, a lesser dining experience. Absolutely. And I mean, you, you always hope that, again, homemade or your own family or what have you, that, that, that that's comfortable, right? But it's, there's just so many situations now. I grew up playing sports and, you know, you're, you're on the go running around and you just sometimes don't have time for a, a meal at home, right? Absolutely. And this is just really giving people that positivity to say it is possible to eat at this many more places than you thought. And here's how to do it safely. And here's some examples of places that are, are doing it right, you know? So EpiPen, really key facts that people should know when they're using it for the first time. Again, not a, not a doctor, but if you've had a reaction, get a prescription, carry it with you all the time and always carry two. There's really no excuses not to because the risk of not having it is bad. One of the things that, that we talk about a lot is that, you know, if you're wondering gosh, should I be injecting so-and-so because I think they might be having a reaction? It's the American Academy of Allergists and Immunologists came out and said, it's better to inject someone who's not having a reaction than it is to not inject someone who is. Just so in always, case. Yeah, that's right. So it's always a medical emergency. You always call 911. And if you're wondering if it's time to inject, it's probably time to inject. And that, that leads us into kind of our last question, which is how you can be a supportive friend, family member, a teacher, you know, what, what have you, right? Yeah, um, rest, sure. Restaurant owner, if, if someone's having a reaction, I would assume most restaurants, do they, have to, do they have to have someone on site that's trained for that? Uh, no, I mean, if they were to carry epinephrine kind of like on the wall, the same way that you've got like a defibrillator, then in most states, and every state's a little bit different, in most states, you have to have someone who's, um, you know, trained uh, in order to, to have that there. But uh, a lot of places don't know that restaurants are included. So the reason that those laws have been passed, that you can have epinephrine on site, similar to a, def a defibrillator, um, most people think of that as for schools, but in reality, a lot of uh, additional public places are included in those regulations. Most places don't have epinephrine on hand, uh, unfortunately. I would love to see that, right? I want an EpiPen box next to every defibrillator box on the wall in every public place. That's why I asked, yeah. yeah. No, I, so there's a report from school nurses that says that 30% of food allergic reactions are to a food that the person didn't know they were allergic to, which is an insane statistic to me. In every emergency reaction, it is call 911. Okay. If you're injecting Very. epinephrine, it's a medical emergency. I assume it's all different, but how quickly that reaction can turn really scary or fatal. The guidelines are to inject as soon as the, any symptoms appear, right? Uh, as soon as you suspect anaphylaxis, inject as quickly as possible. 
and it, within five minutes, if there isn't market improvement, um, to inject the second. Um, again, not a doctor, just giving you what you another know, allergist and immunologists and food allergy research and education and all those sources will tell you. Wow. I'm sure a lot of people, again, out there, hopefully that are listening, found this information as helpful and, and informative as I did. You're such an expert in this topic, so I'm so glad to have you on. <laughs> I got it quite a bit. <laughs> about this topic, and then it sounds like you're in the right line of work. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. No, it's, a, it's, it's important, and a lot of people are, you know, in need of additional information, so. Sure. And, you know, you're such an educator on these things, too. So just in general, whether people are looking for educational uh, resources to, you know, hire you to, to partner with their restaurant or school, um, had, a, had a cool story to share, how do they contact you? So you can call us at 833-EAT-SAFE or go to our website at certistar.com or any social media platform at certistar. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Shandy, for coming on the show. No, thank, thank you. you. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you all so much for listening, and I'll see y'all next week.